0: I know for the last couple months, the pastor's been doing testimonies and he wanted all of the leadership to, to give theirs and with COVID and all, I haven't been coming on Wednesday because of Miss Debbie's cancer, your immune systems. you know I don't want to risk bringing anything home to her. so we've been trying to stay away from gatherings, but I'm over that folks. I mean I, I miss y'all. There are people here in the church I don't even know. For y'all that don't know me, I'm Joe Peel. most people call me head. That's another story. <laughs> but the uh, We've been coming here for 11 years. And I'm the elder here at Brookhaven. I've been to, been here coming, I think, almost 11. I've been the elder for 10. And uh, that's an awesome responsibility and privilege to be the elder here. That means I've got the pastor's back. I, I joke with him that he calls me at 2 in the morning I have a back cold and short memory. That's a joke, but I mean it. I, I've got his back. He, he's our pastor and you know, and as I give my testimony, you'll see where it's led up to this. God God takes you down a path. I was blessed to be born into a home with a mother that loved Jesus. She made sure all four of her children loved Jesus. My dad, I watched her pray for him for 30 years. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. It's prayer. For 30 years, she prayed for that man. Sunday morning at, at mom's house, if you didn't feel well enough to go to church, You didn't feel well enough to leave the house. And this was even as a teenager. If you didn't feel well enough to go to church on Sunday morning, she took your car keys. But I praise her for that. Looking back, I I mean, we need, we need that. We need that folks. We need mothers and fathers that are gonna, you know, children don't have the option to go to church. They live in your house. They're under 18 years old. You are their option. And I had a mother that did that. and She prayed for my dad for 30 years. And two years before he died, that man accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior and started singing in the choir. I remember, I remember asking him as an adult, Hey, Dad, why don't you go to church with us this morning? And his reply would be, Son, I will someday when the Spirit moves me. Now this is from a lost person. I will someday when the Spirit moves me. And he did. He moved me. But one of the reasons he got moved is that the, my mother got cancer and was really sick. And the way that church family gathered around my mother, came and visited every day, bringing food, the pastor coming, the uh, taking her to appointments. My dad told her, he said, these people are real. And between that, watching God's people work and the Spirit, I'll be with him someday in heaven. Praise Jesus. I was saved at 17. A little country revival. I was baptized in the P.D. River in Conway, South Carolina. But six months later, I joined the Navy. And I don't know for you that was in the military back in the 70s and 80s. I got off God's path. Drinking was promoted until they had the fire on the forest. All marijuana was was. It was it was a lifestyle. And that's just what we did and, and I knew I got off God's path but God never left me. And the prayers of my mother I think God knew I was off his path so he sent me a woman. Not just any woman but a strong woman that was going to put up with my shenanigans when she first married me. Enough not to put my stuff out in the yard. And then comes children. Dustin my firstborn son. And we had a couple miscarriages in there. I should have five children. But I wasn't living right. Now I'm not saying God, you know, had nothing to do with that, but I was not living right. And God knew I wasn't ready to be a father for more than than one. Well, Deb wasn't gonna let that go on very long. So I'd say she met me at the door one night with a Bible and a rolling pin and I was gonna either meet Jesus or come back to him. It was almost that dramatic. She, she gave me choices. I could be a, a father and a husband, or I could be a drunken sailor. I couldn't be both. And I choose my family. And I hung it up. But then she did one more thing that, looking back, I realized altered our lives. I got assigned to a recruiting duty. And, you know, I'm introverted and shy, and I didn't do very good at recruiting <laughs> no, I, I really did really well at it. But I never lied. I told the truth. I painted a pretty picture. But I recruited, and I was good at it. But I, it was a 1990 Desert Storm, and I had a, a shipboard rating. I was a machinist mate when I was on ships. So Desert Storm coming along. We just knew they were going to recall me and put me back to sea. And that had her worried. And I come home from work, and she met me at the door and said, I met Jesus today. And I i knew I wasn't on the path, but praise Jesus, girl. She she was watching Pat Robertson on the 700 Club and found Jesus. And she told me, she said, I'm going tomorrow and I'm going to get them boys some clothes. I think Daniel was maybe four. And she said, we're going to church Sunday. And I said, yes, ma'am. And from that day forward, over 30-something years ago, we have not missed hardly any Sunday morning churches, unless we're traveling, or you know, they, we just don't stay at home on Sunday morning. We're in church. And from that moment on, I dedicated my life back to God. God, I want to be who You want me to be. I want You to use me to be the father I'm supposed to be, and, and grow me, Lord, to serve You and grow Your kingdom. 30-something years ago I made that promise. And I've tried every day since to live that promise. And I feel God, He he teaches us things along the way. He gives us skills in our earthly jobs that He expects for us to bring to the church, to the body of Christ. Each one of us has something different. We bring to the table. And he, he gives us those things. And He's it's like from the early on He's, He was leading me to, to be a leader. To, to teach Sunday school, I taught Sunday school. You know, we moved every three or four years, so every three or four years we were the first thing we'd do though when we moved before we'd find a house, we'd find a church because we knew how important that was. Because we, you know, we'd been down that path. I wasn't going down that path again. We'd find a church before we'd find us a, a place to stay. And but in each of these churches, God would would push me to. You know, Sunday school teaching, I was a, a WANA director of the church for 13 years. The Last, we were stationed here in 1998. We've been in this area since 1998. And at our last church, I uh, did a WANA for 13 years. I was a deacon, then I became the chairman of the deacon board for eight years. Mike's been on the deacon board of traditional Baptist churches. It's, it's unique. I mean, you learn leadership skills at business meetings there and I'm not too much like ours but it was a good godly church and uh, in all our lives we'd only left one other church that wasn't due to military orders it was people got to doing funny things with the money and we brought it up in opposition but they didn't want to hear about it so boom, we left that you know God ain't in that you know and, and when Deb and I Join a church, we're join a family, and it's like, almost like marriage. Till death, do we part? It's our family now. It's our church. So you can imagine what it was like when the reason we're here at this church is crystal purpose. Back before they all had children, we had motorcycles. And we'd go out and eat on Friday nights. And Brookhaven had just started. They were just moved into the manor house. No, at this point, they wasn't even in the manor house. They were still in the the school. And Crystal leaned over to me one night and said, Mr. Joe, and this is the only time in my life anybody's ever called me these words. She said, we need wise, older men like you and Archie. i "I, I had never been called wise and at that point, I had not been called old. I think my goatee was a little brown. Now I'm just a white-mouthed mule, so I guess that makes me wise. But she planted a seed in my mind that, that, and in Deb's mind that we couldn't shake. For the next year, we fought God. Because we, our church, me and Doug was talking. When you join a church at your family, that's like me divorcing my family. The military wasn't moving me. We were just, God was telling us we have somewhere else for you. But it was hard to go into that pastor as the chairman of his deacon board and say, Pastor, because there was nothing wrong. I mean, there was nothing shenanigans going on. It was a good Bible preaching church with good people like you. I mean, it was a good church trying to grow God's kingdom. But we just, God took our joy. We wasn't happy no more. No matter what we tried to do, we couldn't make ourselves happy to I did it, but I did it with good order. I waited till we waited till the, the business meeting. And prior to the business meeting is when I talked to the pastor said, We'll be moving because I knew if, if we left and Dustin and Celeste were going to leave, Daniel was in the Marines at the time. And he didn't take that very well, but he took it godly. But I mean, I wouldn't take it very well if my right hand man coming up and telling me, Yeah, I'm gone, dude. I mean, it just ain't. But God works it out. So our first Sunday at Brookhaven Fellowship, we got goosebumps. Me and Deb got goosebumps. It's like the Holy Spirit revitalized in us. And we had felt like we had known these people. I mean, it wasn't like 20 of us. But we felt like we had known them all our life. That's just we felt like we're home. And that has only grown in this past 11 years. This is a special, special church. And, and we have a special, special pastor. And it's my privilege as this elder that God has called me. Because I knew back 11 years ago when God moved me to this church, He wasn't moving me there just to be a church member. He had a purpose. He was going to use my skills to pull alongside this young pastor, support him in building his ministry, and grow this thing in that we could grow God's kingdom, create disciples and and just for his honor and his for glory, where the Bible's preached, sin is talked about and frowned upon, and repentance is needed. That's the kind of church we got too many churches today are wanting just prosperity. Send me your money and God's going to bless you. We ain't that, folks. They Sundays that I walk out of here with my head like, Ooh, Pastor. Pastor, it hurt me this morning. But that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to convict you. Sin is supposed to convict you. And that's where it's led me to here. And I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And I'm asking each one of you to become a part of it. Because what I'm going to talk about this morning is prayer. We're entering into a dark period in, in Christianity in the United States. We are getting ready to see a, a downward spiral of morality like we've never seen before. They, I mean, we've got... <clears throat> we went to Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago. And, you know, walking through the airport, Deb said, I have to use the restroom, so she went in the bathroom. So I kept walking. I said, okay, I'll wait on you out here. And I went in the next one. Just assuming that's the men's restroom. I walk in there and it's a bunch of women. I go, gender fluid. <laughs> Walked on out. Red-faced it, but I just marched right on there. That's what I thought. Gender fluid. Cause you can do that nowadays if you want to. I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm gonna go to the... We're going downhill and we're going downhill quick. And the only way we're gonna change that The government ain't going to change it. Christians are going to have to hit their knees, humble ourselves, and pray for the lost and dying world because they don't know any better. But the Holy Spirit can get in there and change them and make them do things they didn't know they could do. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning is prayer. That's how we're going to change it. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was in the military for 28 years and communication. That's prayer is communication with God. Prayer is how we get in touch with Him. And, and the military thinks so much about communication, they even come with their own alphabet. You know, Alpha, Bravo, Tango, Sierra, Zulu. Because they know if they don't have communication, they are going to lose the war. And without communication in our lives with God, we're, we're going to lose the war. That's how we talk to him. I've been married to Miss Debbie for 40 years. I like to say we've communicated. That's how we made it this far. As she tells me all the time, you're not listening. <laughs> well, we're entering that new season in life where she ain't listening either. We're getting hard to hear you got. You know, if we're not in the same room and I can't see your lips move, I'm not hearing you. She'll be in the kitchen and I'll be in the man room, and she'll say dinner's ready, and I'll come out the man room. Oh no, what happened to Miss Betty? <laughs> but it ha- I can't give you how many examples that happened. You know, we're we're a we're a technological couple, Deb and I. I mean, you know, Bailey's 10 years old and she's my iPhone consultant. That's how technological we are. She has got these Alexas. Alexas? Alexas? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> a little thing you put on your table, and it's like having a Google, right there on the table. To play music. Well anyway, she hadn't done this yet, but she's got three of them. She's got one in the kitchen, she's putting one in my man room, and then she's putting one in the living room. That way she can say, Alexa, tell the man room dinner is ready. To come on here so I got a thinking in the man room i would be sitting there i say Alexa let the living room know the dog is barking and wants to come in but then I can see the reply coming back from the living room "Alexis, let the man room know his legs ain't broke so, so, so I will keep y'all posted on how well Alexa's going to work for us but that's communication you got to have that communication. In any relationship, you've got to communicate. And how much more vital do you think our Abba Father feels about it? For us to communicate with Him. is, You know, if if one of our family members comes up and asks us for something, how much are we going to bend over backwards to try to get them and help them? How much more do you think God wants to hear from us and our Creator, this universe? Omnipotent in power. What he wants to do for us. Man, it's, it's, we just gotta, we gotta dig into it. We gotta pray. Prayer is first mentioned in Genesis 426. I'm like the pastor now. Yes, it's working. A son was born to Seth also. And they named him Enoch. And that time people began to call on the name of Yahweh call on the name of Yahweh. Hearing ain't going also to <laughs> Woo! I can see now. That's when man began to call upon God. You know, like I was saying earlier, if our sons call upon us, then what we're going to do, how much more God's going to do it? That's our way of calling out to God, our prayers, to let Him know what we're doing. In Romans 8:26 and 27, in the same way the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And who? And He who searches the hearts knows the Spirit's mindset, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Man. You know, to pray for the right things. I don't, I think it's all of it. Sometimes it's difficult. It, it's, it's hard to, to find that quiet spot with the way the world is today to get alone with God and get rid of all the worldly clutter out of our minds and get that alone time with God that we need to really talk to Him. I think we're so cluttered and busy we don't hear Him. He's talking to us. Well, we don't hear it, it's, and it's difficult. I, I know it happens to me when I'm praying. I'm saying, you know, am I asking for the right thing? Am, am I pleasing you? What I'm praying? Am I? Am I, What I'm asking for is it? Is it what you want? Is it your will? Is it my will? It's 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 hard. It's it's difficult at best. But God knows, there in that verse, for we know not what we should pray. I mean, doubts. Like I gave my testimony. I've had a good walk with God now for over 30 years. But when I pray, sometimes I have doubts. And I am I I asking you, God, is this what you want me to do? Where do you want me, Lord? I mean, it's, it's, it's our nature, I think. But it ain't the nature He wants us to have. He wants us to pray and know without any doubt what He's given us. That's that's why he gives the spirit also helps our infirmities. When I say an infirmities there, you know, it comes to mind a sickness, a disease or something. But infirmities there is, is talking about the general weakness in our spiritual lives. When we pray, God knows that we have a general weakness in our spiritual lives. That's why he sends the spirit. And folks, what he's talking about with that is the Holy Ghost lives in us. But who is sitting on the right hand of God? Jesus Christ. Now we know the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're one. Don't ask me to try to explain that. They're one. So what this verse is telling us that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior who died on the cross, is sitting on the right hand of God interceding for us. Now we know what interceding means. That means He's been bad. But this person here, Jesus Christ, is saying, God, they're good. I've cleaned them. My blood is clean. They're mine. They're my child. And He's When we can only groan. That Spirit, if you're a born-again believer, that's who I'm talking to now. I'm talking to those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you have that Holy Spirit living in you. Then that Holy Spirit that lives in you, when you're down on your knees and you don't even know what to pray, all you can do is, oh! He hears it. He understands it. And he's passing it on to Jesus. And Jesus is passing it on to God. Folks, it don't get no more powerful than that. There's just nothing. There's nothing man can make, science can invent, that is more powerful than the Holy Spirit that lives in our body. We only dip our finger into it. None of us are fully grasping the power that that Holy Spirit has. And, and if you don't get nothing out of the day, I want you to know and understand that as a born-again child of God, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, for eternity, He has your back. That Holy Spirit will never leave you or forsake you. We could spend all afternoon on verses promising us that that is true. Know that if you have accepted Him, then He's got you. The doubts are yours, not His. Prayer Prayer is like our spiritual breath of life. Do you understand that? Prayer. When we get into the prayer with God the way we need to be, it feeds our spirit. It gives life to the spirit. Like when we moved, when we had lost our joy and our passion and came here to Brookhaven, we got our passion back. God wants us to be passionate. About his word and about his work, we we've got to we've got to start spreading that light in the in the in the darkness because it's the only way we're going to change it. In First Chronicles sixteen eleven, search for Yahweh and for his strength, seek his face always. What's always me? What seek me? You know, we're supposed to continually, that's morning, noon, and night, we're supposed to search for Him. The first thing you do when you get up in the morning should be, thank you, dear Jesus, for giving me the opportunity of this new day. Because that's the only reason you woke up breathing. He blessed you with another day. The last thing you should do when you go to bed at night is thank you, Lord Jesus, for carrying me through another day. And He's done something that day for you. Thank Him for it. Praise Him for it. Because I'm telling you, without the power of Jesus Christ in my life, I would be a drunk and bum on a street corner somewhere. I am nothing. I am nothing without Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm just nothing but I'm somebody with Him. I'm Senior Chief Joe Peel, the elder of Brookhaven Fellowship, because of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. It's just, we've got to tap into that. We've got to tap into that power. Fill our lives with it. Fill our lives with Jesus. Matthew 7, 7. Keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. So, we ask for what we wish. We seek for what we miss. We knock for that which we feel ourselves shut out from. You know, verse 8 there says, for everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it is open. But folks, we've got to pray in faith. We've got to pray with an honest purpose to use what God is going to give us. For his honor and his glory that's hard that's hard to do but it ain't with the spirit when you're hitting your knees and you're praying and you're asking and you're asking in faith and you're praying with a humble and broken heart repentant of, of the sins in your life that spirit's guiding you in what you're asking in James 4 3. I didn't want to put up there home, Miss Katie. I didn't give Miss Katie that verse. You've been doing a fine job, Miss Katie, and I thank you. She's a blessing right But we have it right here in God's Word. Ye seek and receive not, because you ask amiss. That you may consume it upon your own lust. Ooh ooh, 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 ooh! Cliff understood that. We need to get so in love with Jesus. I'm trying to keep it really simple. I mean, we need to fall in love with so Jesus, with Jesus, and we need a personal relationship with Him that surpasses anything we have here on earth with any other human. We need to draw so close to Him that His will becomes our will. Not our will becoming His will. But we need to get there. It's so close to Him that that His will is our will. And that's when we're going to see miracles. That's when we're going to See things change. That's when we can be praying for a brother or sister who's in pain. And they're a thousand miles away. And the minute that you hit your knees in prayer, they feel a peace and a warmth come over them. That's the power of prayer. But we have to have that relationship. You know, all throughout the Old Testament, Jesus you know, told the nation of Israel, you do this, I'll do this. His Word's full of it. You know, prayer's in here from the very beginning of this book to the end of it. And God's promises cover the whole thing. But even now, He tells us, if you do this, if you're obedient to this, I'll do this. And God does not break promises. He doesn't break His covenant. God, if there's anything that you can hang your hat on, it's the promises of God. Anything here on this earth will let you down. But that right there will never, ever... He he just... It's it's impossible. It's, It's not possible for Him to do it. Matthew 26, 40 and 41. Stay awake and pray... So That you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now tell me, God don't know us. Hmm. He created us, he, he knows us better than we know ourselves. That, just like in the earlier verses, were the groanings. The spirit within us. There again, I'm talking to born again believers. The spirit knows you better than you know you. It knows your heart better than you know your own heart. But God knows that we're going to fall into the temptations. He, he knows it. And He gives us protections. He gives us the, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. He gives us things to keep our minds where they need to be at instead of going off the path like I did when I joined the Navy. But He also gives things in there to bring us back on that path. We don't. He don't want us to veer off of that path, and, and then realize I'm not living the life I should live, and the waller in it. He forgives us. He watches us clean. Get up. Get up. Serve me. We're gonna fall into temptations, but are we gonna let them keep us down? Are we gonna let the love of Jesus Christ, who gave his life on that cross? Pick us up and put us where we need to be. Clean us up. Make us worthy. Make us righteous. we got to stay in His Word. We've got to. If you're not studying this daily and praying to Him, then you're never going to have that relationship that you're going to have to have to get your prayers answered to see the miracles we're, we're not going to be strong enough to change the tide of the darkness that me and Doug was talking about earlier in our country it's coming folks I my heart breaks for my grandchildren you know I I like to think that the decisions Deb and I made 30-something years ago, I got Dustin working here in the church, taking care of the facilities. He loves the Lord. His wife, Celeste, works back in the... She's our children's minister. Loves the Lord. I got my other son, Daniel. Served in the Marines. Made me proud. Got out and become a missionary. Made me prouder. There's nothing, I don't think, that a parent can do on the face of this earth any greater than to have a son or a daughter dedicate their life and their family's life to serving Jesus. To me, that's the ultimate achievement as a parent, to have a child do that. And I like to think it's because of this, some decisions we made 30 years ago. We gave them a godly home. Alden and Bailey and Josie love Jesus. The Bailey's been baptized. And I feel strongly that Alden and Josie when the Spirit hits their little hearts, they love Jesus. They just don't know how yet to articulate they love Him, but they do. It's been ingrained in them since they were born. And that's how we're going to change this world, folks. we got to replace the darkness with light. But darkness is coming like we've never seen before. I, I've, I mean, I'm 62 years old, and I think it's safe to say I've never seen darkness that we're getting ready to see. I think we're getting ready to see persecution that Americans have never had to, to suffer. It's going to start costing us something. It's, it's going to start costing us, and we're going to find out are we willing to pay the price? And I'm telling you, I can promise you from God's word if you're in His word and you've accepted Him as your Savior and you're in prayer the way, yes, you're strong enough because of the Spirit. You can't. I can't. None of us are. But... He is. He's mightier. We've read this book, folks. Who wins? We're winners. They think they won something. They ain't won nothing. <laughs> it's a series of battles. We're talking about war. I had to talk about deacon boards and stuff. I had talking huh, talk about our church, how blessed we are. I had a man at the other church come up to me and tell me, We're at war. This is church. This is another saved brother. At war with the pastor. And I said, We are? Yes. So, man, I'm glad you told me. I need to circle my wagons. So, I'm telling y'all now, let's circle our wagons. Let's bond together with strength that, that, that God gives us as a church body. You see another brother or sister down, lift them up. We've got enough things knocking us down. Let's pick each other up in prayer. Let's visit and talk and fellowship. Like me and Miss Carla and Danny yesterday. Fellowship. It, 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 iron sharpened irons. And we're getting ready to get back in that brother cliff in the upper room. Man, I love that upper room. The, the power that goes on up there. We've seen lives change. We've seen miracles come from prayer in the upper room. We still haven't found Danny's wife, but we're working on it. <laughs> you notice I brought somebody fishing yesterday. I ain't playing matchmaker or nothing. You know, there's something for you to think about. But, you know, like I said earlier, you know, God tells us, and you're Mitch, Ten years I've been under Mitch's Sunday school. And Mitch's got me focused on the kingdom. What did Jesus talk about? The kingdom. Got me focused on that. But along the line too, Mitch goes in a lot of Old Testament. There's a lot of, God will do this if you will do this in the Old Testament. But it hasn't changed. It's still that way today. So God's telling us there are things that are going to hurt Our prayer life. There there are things that can kill our prayer life. I'm just going to mention a couple of them. Disobedience. He gives us His Word. This right here is our handbook. On how to live, as Mitch calls it, a kingdom life. We need to be living a life. A kingdom life. Preparing our lives and all those that we meet for the coming kingdom. And if we're disobedient to his word, we're, we're not, we're not growing his kingdom. We're not shining a light on his kingdom. You know, we can't, we can't walk around lying, cheat, and stealing, and then in the same breath think that we're going to hit our knees and have our prayers answered. It ain't going to happen, folks. You're fooling yourself. Secret sin. That little sin we keep in the closet that no one knows about. You're the only one that knows about. God knows. His word tells us what happens in the dark is going to come through the light. And I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I see that karma is real. It's gonna get you. You're gonna get what you're given. What you put out there is what's going to come back to you. If you want to put out lies, you're going to get lies. If you want to steal, they're going to steal your stuff. If you want to hate, you're going to get back hate. And we ain't going to change the world that way. The list goes on and on. I think in in studying for this, it hit me. Prayer killers. You know, we have the fruits of the Spirit. Love. Anything that's the opposite of a fruit of the Spirit is a prayer killer. We have love through the Spirit. What's up? Hate. You ain't gonna be a hater and have a good prayer life. Only thing you should hate is sin. If you, you know, you know, I used to say, well, we're all God's children. We're not. We're God's children if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're God's creation if you have. You're His child when you've accepted His promises, accepted His blood. Joy, joy, love to rejoice, to delight. You can't be angry. You can't be angry and think, "Oh, I'm gonna have a good prayer life." You don't. It don't and it's not going to work. Kindness. Opposite. Mean. You can't be mean. Faithfulness. That's a big one. The Bible tells us in so many verses, pray in faith. So you think that you can be a mean old hateful person walking around and God's hearing my prayers. Ain't happening. It ain't going to work. You can't be one of them mean old hateful people And think God's hearing your prayers. He's not. The only prayer God wants to hear from you or to hear from you is your knees hitting that floor, your heart breaking and becoming humble, and you pouring out repentance. Change me, Jesus. I'm dirty and nasty and worthless. Clean me up and use me. I accept your blood, Jesus Christ. I accept Your promises and from this day forward I will do better. Use me, Lord. That's it. That's what God wants to hear from you. If you're not a born-again believer, you want Him to hear your prayer, then you say that prayer. And believers, it's no different for us. We need to hit our knees. If we're going to turn this darkness around, Doug, we got to hit our knees Humble our hearts and pour it out to God that we can't do this, God. It tells us, hear our cries and heal our land. He promises us he will. And I think there's enough of us left in this world to make that change. If we do it, if we bond together, the body of Christ. Put all our skills together. Mike brings it to the table. Carla brings it to the table. Brian, bring it to the table. Put it all together and man, we're undefeatable. Really we win. It don't look like it right now. But at least I, I can watch the news again without being angry. You know? It don't make me mad when I see them feeding on each other. But it's lies. It's what they want us to see. If you want to see what's really going on, dig in here. God open my eyes. Because the Bible tells us that, you know, I have, I, I, the older I get, I'm, I'm getting more compassionate for the lost people because I've, I've come to understand they don't know. They don't see. Mitch is harped on it. They don't see what we see. And, you know, can I, can I hold you accountable for something you don't know? But they don't know because we haven't told them. We haven't shown them. You know, words words are empty. Action. A child. You can tell a child all day what you want them to do, but I promise you, they're going to do what they see you do. That's how that's going to go. We're going to eat lunch early today, folks. You <laughs> can be the first one and the rest of. Thank you, brother Joe. That's okay. It's alright. Jesus is our example. He's, he's our example on how to live. He's our example on how to pray. He gives us, you know, our Father who art in heaven. He gives us the Lord's prayer as an example. His life is an example. He, he didn't come for the righteous. He gives us his parables. One sheep is lost. He leaves at ninety-nine. Gets that one. <clears throat> and these are our example in prayer. In Mark one thirty-five, just ain't "On your it's Just just come to me." And in the morning, rising up in great a great while before day, he went out and departed. Listen to this. Into a solitary pain. And there pray, Folks, we need to find some quiet time. we got to find some quiet time with God. So we can hear Him. He. He's talking to us. But we ain't hearing it. Because we're too cluttered. We're too busy. We're too busy with worldly things. Too busy raising families. Too busy working. Too busy buying Harleys. <laughs> and boats and Jeeps. Too many concerns. He can't hear us. Now they're all paid for. I'm back. (laughs) I can hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus wants us to be blessed. I don't think that that God wants us to be destitute, but He wants us to use what He gives us. And I do. I take my boat and I take people out, fellowship. We go on benefit rides on on my Harley. I mean, we can use what He gives us. Financially, I tie. I give unto what He, and I have my whole life. Well, I have for the past 30 years. I can't say I have the whole life. I try to give back to God what He gives me, and I can promise you He's blessed me. There were days when Deb and I was counting change to get supper. I mean, you know, hamburger helper was, whoo, we big tonight! (laughs) But I gave a little bit, you know, ten dollars to God that week for what He was giving me and He has blessed me tenfold. My cup has come back filled up, shaken down and run over. And I share it. It ain't mine. Every dime I get's His. I ain't giving Him back His money. It's His money. Everything I got is His. My breath that I breathe is His. My home is His. My family's His. We're not giving nothing to God. We're borrowing it. We're renting, and rent's due, folks. Share. If He's blessed you, share it. Share it with your brothers and sisters. We, we know needs. Just like the prayer life, what I said a mean old person, you can't be a stingy old person walking around thinking your prayer life's getting answered either. God wants you to use what He gives you. He don't give it to you to hold on to and rat hole. That's why this church did our business meeting the other day. That's why our church is so blessed. We don't rattle with money. I'm in the counting ministry. And I, when COVID hit, I got worried. I, I admit it. As a church leader, I'm like, ooh, lights need to stay on. You know, how's this going to We didn't go down a nickel. We went up. That's God. That's God. And that's God's people hearing Him following his lead, doing what he wants you to do. We're still here. I think Pastor Hill, I mean, Pastor told me the other day, 800 churches has closed their doors since COVID. Folks, that's sad. That's sad. 800 houses of worship. I wonder what killed them. Was it stinginess? I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not to judge them. Did they get off of God's word? Would that kill a church? And as an elder, I mean, it's kind of behind the scenes, but the pastor and I, we, we watch. We, we try to make it. A, it's a it's a responsibility. I'm going to be held accountable. One day we're all going to stand before Jesus. Thank God those of us that have accepted as, as, as our Lord and Savior, we ain't going to be judged. But we're going to answer for how we lived our lives. And I'm going to have to answer as an elder of Brookhaven Fellowship. That I let a wolf come in here and eat the sheep. Ain't gonna happen. As long as I can stay in God's word and He gives me wisdom and discernment and I pray every day for it. Somebody may try to attack our pastor. Ain't gonna happen. Now if I see it coming, bring two bullets. Cause they two of us you're gonna have to take down. As long as that pastor stays in God's word and is preaching it and being fed the way He's gifted. Talk about prayer. That man's a gifted prayer warrior. He brought people back from the dead. That's power. He's got it. Our pastor's got it. Man, I wish when I was his age I had the fiery had. I can't go back and do no redos, but I could change today. I could be the most powerful old man y'all ever saw. The most powerful bald headed old man you ever saw can. And Jesus Jesus tells us in Luke 5.16, and He withdrew Himself into the wilderness and prayed. Both of them verse, what did Jesus do? He got alone. He got alone with God so he could hear the Father. And that's going back to the Trinity. He already knew what the Father was going to tell him. But still He did it. So how much more should we because we don't know. His his ways are not our ways. Our plans are not his plans. They're so much bigger and better. This is another thing about the blessings of being older. I can look back where I had things planned over my life and God come in and change. And at the time I said, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why? Now I see why. You know, it may take He'll put into something today that ain't gonna happen for ten years from now. It's amazing. When you got a relationship with Him and He lets you see these things. He takes, Mitch, He takes the scales off her eyes. I can read verses in the Bible and I've read the Bible many times over the last 30 years. And I'll read a verse and He'll... Bam! He shows me something that He hadn't seen me. You know, For 30 years I've been reading that verse. I've never seen that, Jesus. Praise You. But I have my mind uncluttered. I could hear it. I could see it. I could feel it. In the darkest moments He he'll he'll charge us, he'll give us joy when we should be sad. We can't change it, folks. This this world is on its path, but it's going down. There ain't nothing we can go by. But Jesus can. And I think we're getting ready to see a pouring out of his spirit. You know, I, I mean. I know I'd be a lightning bolt, God. <laughs> there, you see that? Yeah. What you just say? God ain't real. <laughs> but that's but that's not him. That's not him. And he, but he can change it, and, he, and he's gonna change it. You know, that's the, the the purpose. You know, for those of you all who revelation of the tribulation. Tribulation is not punishment. The tribulation is God's last great call to humanity come to know me. I don't want no one to burn in hell. And some people say, well, we're in the tribulation. <laughs> no. We ain't even close to being in the tribulation, folks. Now, I know there's a whole lot of different theories and thoughts on, you know, you got pre-tribulation rapture, you got this and that. I'm, I'm a pre-tribulationist. Believer. I think that God will shorten the pain that I have to go through. Because I am one of His believers. And I'm living a life that, you know, me and Brother Mitch are agreements on the thing that if you're not living a godly life and in a relationship with Jesus, don't, it's like being the mean, hateful person. Don't think God's gonna rapture you out. He's not. You got to be living a life that's pleasing to Him. For when the time comes. And it might come right now while I'm talking. Y'all might see a pile of clothes up here. Joe and has gone to be with Jesus. It could happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. But I think God's going to, going to take us out of here before it gets horribly, horribly bad. Because it's going to get horribly, horribly bad when Antichrist fools the world with peace. I thought it was Obama. They're going to fool the world with peace. Then I thought of Hillary. <laughs> it's going to fool the world with peace. I don't know, it might be Biden. But then you know, it's going to fool us. It's going to fool everybody. But then, the truth's going to come out. That's when you get marked. You can't buy food. You can't eat. You can't do nothing. If you're a child of God, it's going to kill you. Like the early Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. I think all of the, all of his disciples except one was martyred. John, to live a long life on an island. So we have to be ready, folks. We have to be prayered up. We have to clean it up. But most importantly, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, that's your first step. Don't don't walk another day alone in this cold, hard world because it's going to get colder and it's going to get harder. Come into God's house. Let Him power you up, clean you up, and use you to grow His kingdom. Stacy comes. I want us all to think about what we can do. Each one of us. I'm talking again to believers. Each one of us have a purpose. Each one of us has a skill that God wants to, to use us for. What is yours? Come, come to Him. In prayer. Let Him hear from you. Let Him clean your heart up. Let Him give you joy if you're sad. Let Him give you help if you're sick. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, dear Lord, and I hope I've been used as a vessel this morning to put your words out there, Lord, and I pray that someone needed to hear it, and that maybe today to be the day that brother and sister gets back on that path as I did, or maybe that lost person will come to know you as your Savior. We just ask, Heavenly Father, that you bless all we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. The altar's open.